0: Welcome to OpenSAP Invites, your invitation to learn with us on the go.
1: Welcome to Open SAP Invites. I'm your host, Elisabeth Riemann, and in this episode, we learn more about SAP Cloud Application Program Model, CAP, with Christian Georgi. Christian explains to us exactly what CAP is, how it can streamline and simplify development, and he provides a clear overview of the benefits CAP offers today, and also what's to come. So whether you're completely new to CAP and looking for an introduction, or you're already provisioned using it to build your own apps, this episode will give you lots of new information, guidance, and learning recommendations. Christian Georgi is a development expert for SAP Cloud Platform. He's been designing and developing tools in Eclipse, SAP Web IDE, SAP HANA Studio, and app up development tools for many years. The SAP Cloud Application Programming Model is focused on providing tools and spreading the word about CAP. Hi, Christian. Welcome to Open SAP Invites.
0: Hello, Lizzie. Thanks for having me here.
1: You're very welcome. I'm so pleased you've accepted our invite to talk to us today about your own personal experiences as development expert for SAP Cloud Application Programming Model, better known to you, me, and I think developers everywhere as CAP. Development with CAP is the subject of the very popular and very successful Open SAP course, Building Applications with SAP Cloud Application Programming Model which was held for the first time in April this year so christian your involvement with this course leads me to our warm up question you're an experienced open sap course instructor so i'd like to ask you to start with what's your favorite or indeed least favorite part of being in front of the camera
0: so first of all i have to admit that i have done my first open sap course as an instructor so that's uh, quite a new experience uh, to me but i had some like earlier stage appearances and uh, i don't know tech ads and and all the like conferences so so i do know what what it it, it feels like uh, being in front of like virtually uh, many many people but so being in front of the camera there uh, it really i liked it really uh like the professional setting at the, the studio and then people all so helpful and trying really to to get the best out of it Uh, before that of course there there has been like months and months of preparation with us thinking about okay what to but basically to put in the cause and what not like uh, at one point we we like had a content of like i don't know six or eight weeks that we then had have to like (laughs) cut (laughs) off again and to get like to four weeks or so that's tough we had to think about exactly Yeah, we had to think about like features that we wanted to present that were not even implemented at the time we had to plan for that so we had also had to anticipate what would be there at the time people seeing that or at the time we were recording that so that was like the more challenging part of the job uh, this all this preparation writing the script and teleprompters and whatnot but we worked then quite well prepared i think and so being in front of the camera was then actually a nice and really pleasant uh, experience. Uh
1: So that was really the easier part, essentially, that it was the build up to the course, thinking about the content itself.
0: I haven't asked all my colleagues. We were like quite a bunch of people from the Cap team, but uh, I think for actually everyone it was was really a good experience. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. Excellent. We like to hear that. And it's really interesting to hear your own insights as well of your course development experience. That's really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really not easy. I mean, it's, it's hardly uh, you, maybe we're, we are not able to, to imagine how long this just like uh, preparation phase takes for for such a massive massive course.
1: Mm-hmm. Can you remember when it started? Because the course went live in in April, and when did you actually start looking at the course content, planning everything? When did that begin?
0: I mean, we, we had first contact with the Open SAP team like a year before uh, the course started a year right and then there was forth and back when could the date be etc and then the actual content preparation started i don't know in uh, i think october or so september even Uh, and then have a final structure in november then during like over christmas january like the final preparation Recording in January, uh, then writing all the demo scripts and and teleprompter, what have you, and then rolling, uh, rolling in February, and then starting in April.
1: Yeah, Yeah, there's so much time, love, and attention that goes into creating the courses. I think.
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Really true. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay, so back to the topic for today, Christian, you're very experienced with designing and developing tools in SAP Web IDE, SAP HANA Studio and ABAP Development Tools. So I was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your early experiences with CAP and tell us about how things started?
0: Yeah, I can. How did you know that where where I came basically from? I must have Uh must have (laughs) mentioned it before, right? Yeah, but it's true. I, I basically have like a tool development background for pretty much my time here at SAP, which is. Some unmentioned unman- years. <laughs> um, we, I, I basically did like tools like and Pro for Java and ABAP worked with the ABAP development, basically gave birth to the ABAP development tools in Eclipse uh, for, for quite worked there for quite a years number of years uh, development for HANA Studio. Then I did a little detour uh, in the private cloud project, which was basically an infrastructure project, and then was asked uh, by my manager basically to, to join a new project, didn't have a name. Then even uh, centered around CDS. So there was like a first version of a compiler written in Node.js. Quite a a revolutionary thing to write something in Node.js at that time. Uh, And then we had bits of our nowadays classic uh, Java runtime, the non-spring boot runtime there, which was the first one. Uh, And tools needed to be built, right? So that was basically my, my first job there, tools for VS Code and for Web IDE, SAP Web IDE, for Eclipse later on. And then there were first development projects by SAP to be looked after. Uh, so to find out what the requirements were, were etc. And then also some rollout out tasks to be done soon after. First, like a ticket appearance, et cetera. So this is basically uh, my starting into the CAP project, which was like two and a half years back or so.
1: Christian, in developer circles, we tend to use a lot of acronyms. And with SAP Cloud Application Programming Model, aka CAP, of course, it's certainly no exception. So if someone were to ask you, what is CAP exactly? How do you respond? What's your elevator pitch?
0: So you're right, CAP is the another yet another acronym for SAP Cloud Application Programming Model, which is quite a mouthful, right? So that's like our official term, SAP Cloud Application Programming Model. And we knew from beginning on we had to have something shorter. And yeah, so there was another acronym born. Um, so if I had to describe it, what is it? It really makes application development on SAP Cloud Platform way easier uh, than before uh, it addresses the development of the applications. So you want to build an application, maybe not an ABAP, but like doing the, the cloud native way. And you want to basically expose services uh, to the cloud in the cloud. Uh, and that's where CAP comes into play. It basically helps you defining the service or what makes that service Uh, what's the structure and then you just hit a button and it's all there it's exposed as for instance odata as a protocol we we do have others Um, and then you can easily build uis on top especially sap ui5 and sap fiori elements is are really like go hand in hand with odata protocol but you can also like bring your own ui frame or put it on top of plain rest that is also then backed by by cap by this very same application, so to say. And then you deploy also your, the very same definition that you already have for your services. You deploy it down to the database. You can very easily connect databases. And the, 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 core piece of all of that that powers and enables that is a little language that we added to the mix, which is called CDS, Core Data Services. You might know that from the upper world where we have like a variant of that also there quite uh known for for a number of years already and with cds you basically def- can define all that structure even ui annotations etc so that's like the technical part of it so the, it's a bunch of libraries and tools that help you build this application but we also bring in our best practices because we are asked so many times and so often by customers and also internal people well there's this zoo of technology in the cloud world Right. As soon as you leave the ABAP space, there is this zoo and uh, what should we use? It's Which one of them? Yeah, absolutely. And I can absolutely sign that. Uh, so we try to address that by giving pra- as, uh, practices, best practices as much as we can to basically define the set of technologies that are best suited for this type of applications.
1: Mm-hmm. so essentially it's the framework of tools um, the languages and libraries and exactly. it really is really saving a lot of time in the development process
0: absolutely that's true so it's a, it's a mixture of all these it, it's a bit hard to describe of course in words here in the podcast right usually at that time i would now pull pull off my uh, computer and do a little <laughs> bit of demo right because that's the yeah. usually the easiest uh, thing to demonstrate uh uh, watch what what are sure. we doing here?
1: We've given you a tough job kind of just recording yeah, yeah, a podcast with I'm, this. I'm <laughs> would it help if we talk through a couple of examples and use cases maybe that kind of highlight the, the key concepts of CAP? Maybe that would help.
0: Yeah. So basically, uh, we we try really to put the developer tasks in the focus of CAP. So building the application instead of just. Showing you the application that was magically built by someone, someone, somehow. So we, we want to basically lead you through the process of, of developing that application, helping you there. Right. So it starts off with environments, different IDEs. We we'll come to that probably later. Templates uh, for various sorts of applications, uh, then, yeah, the IDEs with all their like code completion and syntax highlighting things, then optimized build processes. We actually want to have basically no build process at all to even like uh, avoid these build round trips. Uh, we want to really have these fast round trips. So you code a bit and you press the button and it runs, or it automatically restarts as soon as you have saved something. Right. And then you have something running locally and then you can easily connect it to cloud services from your local machine and eventually deploy that to SAP Cloud Platform. Uh, So this is like the the bits and pieces that really we we try to uh, bring into the mix to help people in their application development.
1: Mm -hmm. So essentially it's really streamlining the whole process too, right?
0: Absolutely. From yeah. beginning on uh, and then, yeah, until you have reached a f- like final application, so to say.
1: Yeah. yeah. And you're talking a little bit about the mix that's used. And um, when I've been reading on CAP, I've often seen it described as both open and opinionated. And I think at a first glance, it sounds a bit like a contradiction. So maybe you could talk us through how it's being described as open and yet opinionated. How do those two fit together when it comes to CAP?
0: Yeah. So open means... We do not want to like, or like set in front of you a fixed and, and, and restrictive programming model that you enter and have to use. And there's no way out of it around it uh, but instead we want to basically embrace technologies that are already established there like for node.js it's maybe the express.js technology which is just a web server there or on java side we do now have uh, first class support for spring boot which is an established uh thing there right so that's like the, the the open part to it being open for other technologies and the opinion opinionated part is maybe a bit more the best practices thing where we think, OK, try to define your services in CDS because we think it's it's way easier to do it like that. It's clear to read. It's, it's comprised in one set instead of scattered across your code base. What your data model looks like right on Java, you would usually do uh, POJOs and then maybe have other places in the code where it's defined. From the service on, where does my data flow to which table, et cetera. Instead, we want to have that more explicit, uh, more defined in one place, which is CDS. So that's like the opinionate part of it.
1: Great. Thank you for clarifying that. I've always found it a little bit difficult to comprehend those two together. Um, Another thing, Mm -hmm. I read in the documentation that one of the many benefits of CAP is that it enables developers to focus on the domain logic. And I was wondering, while we have you here today with us, can you explain what this means in practice?
0: Sure. It basically goes back to that CDS language that I alluded to earlier where uh, we basically wanted to have it really legible uh, by domain experts as well, not only by technical people, uh, developers or so, right? We want to basically have them both communicate on the same basis. So basically, basically in CDS, you can say service, book, my bookstore service, what have you, uh, entity books, entity authors, entity orders, and then some fields underneath it. That's that's it, right? So that's still something uh, that people f- without any technical uh, knowledge, uh, more domain knowledge, can relate to, and they can discuss. They can define. Okay, no, we have to have that field, or this is wrong, and the association here is wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's something still that people can make sense out of it, even from the non-technical side. So that's what we ha- want to have there. Focus on that domain. Logic or, or just the domain structure, so to say. Uh, then we also want to have um, a reduced uh, usage of technical artifacts. Often enough, you find that uh, these structural descriptions, uh, entity relationship models mixed with things like foreign keys for databases or verbose syntax for cardinalities with, with dots and stars or what have you, right? Uh, so also this is reduced and we are also as we uh, speak people are working on even reducing that more Um, and uh, also this whole thing of technical configuration for cloud service we also want to reduce a bit Uh, because often enough you know what what happens usually is that there's this 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 set of technical services that uh, drive the infrastructure for cloud and they have to be there right Uh, like i don't know databases and messaging or what have you but but then uh, these services provide you with all sorts of configuration possibilities all the knobs and switches they are laid out in front of you right and the chip uh, What happened usually is then the developer, the application developers gets to see these switches, all the sets, and he has to find the right combinations of them in order to make the application the way he wants them wants to. And we felt, okay, we have to have something in between to prevent this like from happening all the time. So for instance, instead of configuring for messaging, all the, the configuration and destination and topics and queues, all this, even this terminology, you know, comes now shines through. And instead we say, my application requires enterprise messaging period for the, at least for the simple cases. My application requires SAP HANA, or in case I do not know, my application requires an SQL database. And then we choose which ones you get if you haven't uh, defined it otherwise, right? So that's the more high level uh, configuration language we also wanna bring in. Of course, that's a constant challenge, right? To translate between the knobs and the switches and this more high level thing, but we find it, still uh, really uh, like uh, useful and, and and worthwhile having it
1: absolutely and i think you know from a user perspective if we have this massive selection of different knobs and buttons as you mentioned it can be completely overwhelming and you would really need to have a uh, detailed knowledge about enterprise messaging as you said about other services on the cloud platform as well and if you really want to focus on the business logic i guess you don't have time to look into all the nuts and bolts and things that are used as well so this is a massive breakthrough i think
0: Exactly. And also for the logic part, which you still have to write to some degree in code, we want to have really like a, a more simpler APIs that are more, more focused on what you really want to do in case of validations and et cetera, instead of having to shine through all, uh, letting shine through all the, the technical libraries or so. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think making things more simplistic is always a very good thing for our, for our users and for developers as well.
0: Yes. Simple, but not too simple. That's the key. And of course, we're we presented and confronted with a, like a, a spectrum of requirements and developer types, right? Core developers who know their business really deep down, right, to the, all the language details, they want to have it all right? At least uh, as long uh, as they progress in their application development. And then we have on the other side, people really like coming from the modeling side. We just want to do something graphically and I press a button and expect the application to be there. So all of that we have to kind of support.
1: And that's a massive challenge, isn't it? Right? I mean, it's a completely different set of uh, requirements that you've listed there as well.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So what development skills do we need if you want to use CAP? Can you give us some more details there? You said there are different options depending on the type of developer you are or your experience. But how do you normally split that up when you talk about CAP?
0: Well, for developer skills, first, the first step, you don't really many of these, right? You want to have a certain like ability to express your application, the requirements towards the application in a textual file in a data model you want to have uh, want to know what 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 like you want to have books and authors and orders there but not more and how they relate between them so that's what you need to have and then you can already press the button and the application runs right yeah. as a first step and then later on, you might require some SQL if you want to, uh, to express some certain views on that data structure, different views from different perspective of the application. Because often enough, the UIs that you put on top define your viewpoints of the application, right, into the application. There's simple UIs that only want to see very uh, minimal set of fields. There's more complicated UIs that want to see it all. Some, someone exclude some fields. Some want to like denormalize, like drill down some paths and then expose these fields from underneath it. Right. So this is where then this view building, as we call it in queries of CDS and the capstack really come, come to shine. And this, we do that using SQL. So. You want to maybe uh, know about a bit of SQL. And if you want to then uh, also write some, some non-trivial application logic, like for validations and these kind of things, you want to either know Node.js or Java. We, we offer both both things
1: Mm -hmm. because i think in the open sap course you focused on um, (laughs) node.js
0: that's true that's (laughs) node.js and of course we had again to this was one of the cuts that we had to do in order to keep us focused in this four weeks we said okay we cannot switch between node.js and java all the time this drives people nuts probably so we had to focus on node.js because that was a bit uh, more evolved at that time and uh, then we have an outlook chapter at the end of the course for java and maybe in the future there's also a java course yeah
1: watch this space
0: (laughs) exactly so could could happen right i don't know
1: that Mm -hmm. sounds promising (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Whenever we talk about programming languages and coding, um, I do like to ask if there are code samples available. I do remember from my own documentation days, I do like to look at code samples. I find them very, very helpful. Everyone. So do, <laughs> do you have some? And where can we find them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what we're also getting told by by all our like applications. We have to support, please give us more examples. They often show more than a thousand words, you know. We can then can it, copy and learn from it etc etc or reuse it even Uh, and just recently we published two uh, repositories on github.com one is for node.js called i think it's cap cloud samples in the sap samples organization we put all the links in the show notes by the way and we have one more repository just recently published for java so the same thing for java so to say that is accompanied with Java code, right? In the same way as the other one is with Node.js code. And there we like publish more and more uh, of samples uh, that we also then refer to and link from our documentation pages, which also contains uh, contain uh, sample code.
1: Very good. I think it's mm-hmm. so essential having sample code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you a question now, Christian, and it, I know it's not an easy question to answer, But can you share any insights with us today of good things to come with CAP? What can we expect and maybe look forward to?
0: Sure. As always with commitments, I can't do them here, right? It's just, you know, in the making. But we certainly want to invest more in this, what we call low-code or no-code tooling. So helping people um, coming from the non-technical side even more with like Things like graphical modelers for services. So instead of this textual syntax, which already is quite something with all the code completion, uh, navigation support that we have there, really great tooling, by the way, uh, both in, by the way, in Business Application Studio and in VS Code, Visual Studio Code, that is, and in Eclipse. So three tools already, but we will want to build on top uh, and provide a graphical modeler there. Uh, then we also have. Um, for the whole uh, business of connecting to other services and running applications uh, which you today use often CLI command line tools for we want to have dedicated tools in application studio where you can just press the, the typical play button and then your application runs and you can configure it a bit maybe if you want to and then there's more templates certainly there's then also maybe guided and system development things where little assistant helper pane that proposes and suggests you new things you want to do at a certain time uh, like do you want to now add this and that to your application more maybe like the security features or do you want to connect it to database you know these kind of guided development things and then maybe also a more specific tooling for UIs. so defining the application through the ui Right, So instead of saying, OK, I want to have these four fields, I can say maybe I want to have these four columns in my UI in the table of my application. And then the CDS information is like rendered out of it. So that's the things we are at the moment uh, investing into the for the low code tooling. It's just like one part of it. Uh, we also want to have certainly better support for SAP Kana Cloud, which is coming up. Uh, in the last months and uh like advanced schema evolution that you ex- can express more things you want to do if your application upgrades to a new version like i want to change rename this column etc cetera, etc cetera, which at the moment you cannot really do um so that's what do you want to where we want to do a bit more uh, multi-tenancy is a, is a big topic definitely internally, but also then for the outside. So the ability to not only deploy your application once for usage for like one customer, but you want to have then a support for so that multiple customers can use them. Each of them isolated, right? Uh, but they are all the tenants of your application. So you can basically provide this as SaaS as, as a SaaS solution, software as a service solution. Uh, we've had that already for quite a while eternally but now we will also want to expose that uh, to to the public and then uh, yeah Mm
1: -hmm. a lot of really great things to come i can't believe how many things you've been able to list and uh yeah that's a lot of work going on behind the scenes
0: yeah absolutely yeah this constant uh like inflow of of things and more people also joining our teams so we are now having Manage to, to basically also grow our teams a bit and we will do so. So it's all quite, quite promising.
1: Yeah. Just so we can envisage it, how big is the team working on CAP?
0: The, there's some teams, right? So we have basically one team working on the core compiler. So that's really like the hard stuff of compiling CDS models into. Database and UI and OData, right? That's one team, one small team, which we want to grow. And then we have the tools team, uh, where I'm product owner of that does DVS code and Eclipse and business application studio contributions for, for CDS and CAP. We have one team for the Java runtime, uh, that drives at runtime all the capabilities of the application and one team for Node.js. So that's roughly our setup. If I say team, it's typically not more than seven people, five to seven people. It's not not even ten, right? Um, so it's still a limited uh, number of people uh, that uh, has to handle all of that, and we now want to want to grow a bit more.
1: Well, it sounds like you're doing an excellent job. Really good and exciting things to come.
0: We try our best, yes. (laughs)
1: Um, I do have another question as well for you regarding development. I always like to hear examples of where SAP develops apps using our own tools. Are there some um, in-house apps that you can tell us about that have been built using CAP?
0: Yeah, Uh, so we have quite quite some, uh, not all of them I can mention here, but uh, just recently added the famous... Rückholprogramm.de, uh, which was like, I think Tim Buck mentioned that application and the other one earlier. In, yeah, in episode period. two. Mm-hmm. Exactly, where we had this application that uh, where stranded German abroad can re- could register to uh, be brought back to home. That was also built with with CAP under the hoods. Uh, then we have this hospital management application for beds for COVID patients in in the region here. Uh, also done in just a few days. Uh, so, quite, quite astonishing. Uh, then we have that also. That's incredible. This, yeah, really. I mean, this drug program was like done in, I don't know, two days or so, even less. The hospital management thing was done in 10 days, which is unbelievable. And that's
1: amazing. And if we think about apps developed in the past and programs, it used to take weeks and months, right? And now we're talking about literally hours and days. And I guess that's all thanks to the tools all coming together, some of the simplifications. Uh, and the mindset of the developers of too. Yeah I, yeah, I have
0: to give a lot of credits to the people involved there in the application team, right? Really, for one or the other application, really stayed up all night to code that, right? So this is a big, big uh, credit to these people and their commitment there. Plus, we all added our parts from the cap side to, to like enable that and, and, and empower that yes but yeah well, we also have like all sorts of other business application a big financial application and it's coming up that's really our, our biggest uh in terms of the model size biggest uh, like stakeholder there uh, our, also, our performance measurement uh, thing, we want to like improve it constantly. We have an application that has been with us quite early on, the excise tax application, which is basically where you can... Uh, it helps your p- companies process excise taxes, which are uh, put on top of special goods like alcohol and fuel. And the supplier has to basically at this tax. So it's a special like tax regulation stuff. Uh, I'm also not an expert there. It's uh, always
1: complicated with the it's, tax regulations. Know, it's, 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 it's,
0: it's exactly these complicated. We're not doing hello world here, right? It's always complicated stuff. And we learn so much from these teams, what, what they're actually doing. And, and this is what where they want to basically fo- put their focus on. You know, it's hard enough for them to understand this domain. Because they are also asked by others, please implement this, mm. and then and it's they always have to...
1: changing too with the updates. They're always having to respond to the latest of business demands,
0: absolutely, and constant legal change, what have you, right? But it's it's hard enough again to for them to understand their business, so they do not want to be distracted by technology, and this is where. Cap tries to improve things. Yeah, so we have this tax application. There we have global risk and compliance management. We have uh, one or two a business or like master data management applications for business partner, for instance, that you find on cloud platform, procurement planning application, lifecycle management, and and some more. Just the internal ones, or developed by SAP, so to say.
1: No, it's really good to hear what SAP is developing and what we're working on and yeah. just hearing the whole perspective of developers. What excites you most about CAP?
0: Well, uh, there's this. Uh, it's first the the sheer brevity with which you can develop applications. Uh, right. So with very uh, little code, you can do so much. Just write a bit of CDS and then start the application. It already is a full-fledged application. And then you add a bit of code maybe a bit of configuration as as uh, much or as less as possible as little as possible uh, to to evolve it even more so that you know this 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 technical um brevity at least as a technology guy, impresses me. So that's just the technical stuff. But it's also like, how do we basically uh, drive the whole CAP program? So how do we uh, we do the interaction with the application projects here or with customers learning from their requirements? You know, this is not so natural in, in application or in technology development for us, right? We have quite a lot of teams that are quite far away from their actual usage. Because they are like developing low-level stuff, right? That is just like one or two layers below whatever the application developer gets to see. And we are kind of, I sometimes refer to it as, we're like on the top of the cloud platform towards the application. And this is quite quite appealing to me, for instance, for like being in these teams, so to say. Uh, and then this is also how do we drive the, the project? Uh, we are sometimes doing... Things a bit differently. We, for instance, have the, the way we publish our documentation pages is, is a dedicated set of, of in own uh, website, so to say. We link it in the show notes. It's not so uh, ne- usual uh, in, in SAP. So yeah, th- these are the things that just um, excite me uh, about CAP.
1: Christian, where can we learn more about CAP? Do you have some recommendations you can share?
0: Yeah. First of all, always go to cap.cloud.sap. So it's .sap. That's the top-level domain there. Not .com or whatever, cap.cloud.sap. This is like the primary documentation page. And from there, we'll link all the, I mean, the basic tutorials, the getting started, the about page tells you probably already as like a. Uh, like proficient, uh, someone who's proficient with CAP tells you maybe something more. Uh, take a look at the code samples that we regularly update both for Node.js and Java. If you uh, have developed CAP for Java, maybe take a look at the Java, uh, Node.js site and vice versa. If you know Node.js, you know, go to Java. Uh, that is always kind of, kind of interesting uh, what, what happens with the other language. Uh, yeah. Then we do have in the Open SAP course some t- units that are were specifically designed there. We have not yet appeared in all in other materials like how do you, I test my application best with Cap, right? How do I write tests, so to say? How do I connect to native SAP HANA features? Whatever, but what if I want to basically have an own view on HTTP procedure, what do I do there, right? Uh, CID, cd so continuous integration, continuous delivery. Uh, How can I do that with the help of the SAP Cloud SDK, for instance? That's also a known topic. So that's something you can basically take a look at, and then also visit our SAP community, right? Join join the other uh, users of 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 Cap, get in contact with with us. SAP team, so to say, who can help you with one or the other questions, ask these questions, uh, and then try to, yeah, get get interactive with, with all these people. That's a good good other other way I would suggest to get more more proficient, even more proficient with Cap.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Christian. As you said, we'll include all these links in this episode's show mm-hmm. notes so everyone can take a look there. A final question for you to conclude today's episode. Please, can you summarize three key aspects you'd like us to remember about CAP?
0: Well, yes. Uh, so CAP is fun to work with and develop applications with, right? So again, as mentioned, very little code, quite a big impact or uh, you get uh, quite a more remarkable and powerful application. Um, then also consider next to the, uh, restful application programming model for, uh, for the ABAP side, CAP is, so to say, the second go-to programming model for SAP, SAP cloud platform, right? It's really positioned alongside of the, of the RAP model. So that's already quite, quite says some, something, right? Um, And um, you can also choose between Node.js and Java. So in case you're wondering, oh, I'm more like, I know Spring Boot. I don't want to see Node.js. So yes, we do have something for for you as well. Especially that's what I wanted to mention. The uh, Cap4Java offering was rebuilt from scratch during the last year. The the team there did a remarkable job on, on supporting Spring Boot as first class. Uh, citizen. So CAP runs first class on Spring Boot, which was quite an achievement, I think. So yeah, so these are the three things uh, you want to maybe take a look at and, and remember.
1: That's really helpful. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure.
1: Now open SAP news and reviews. So what's new? Well, September is just around the corner and we have some exciting new MOOCs for you. Starting September 9th, guide your SAP S4HANA project to success. This course will cover key topics, answers to frequently asked questions, and demos to help you prepare for your successful journey to SAP S4HANA. Starting September 15th, planning with SAP Analytics Cloud. This focuses on the foundations and an intro to the core planning features. To get practical experience with SAP Analytics Cloud, you can sign up for a free trial account and complete the guided hands-on exercises. Starting September 22nd, from media computation to data science, if you're interested in learning more about Snap and programming in a fun way, this course is for you. This course bridges the gap from introductory programming to more advanced computational competencies. There's even more good stuff to come, so look out for news updates on open.sap.com. You can check out all our courses on open.sap.com forward slash courses. Now for the reviews. Here's a reminder As you know, all learning content in Open SAP courses is free. However, when it comes to learning in self paced mode, if you want to earn a certificate and digital badge, you do need a reactivation code. The good news is, is that until August 31st, 2020, we've 50% off the standard price. You can buy now and redeem later. And congratulations to all our learners who've been sharing their certificates and digital badges on social media. We love to celebrate your successes with you, so please do keep on sharing.